D&D players, enthusiasts, and observers alike, and welcome back to Chronicles of Korea. My name is Emma, and I will be your DM today and every day that this wonderful campaign exists. Now, as per usual, let's go around the virtual table and reintroduce our players for this evening. Now, going to my right, not just because she's copying all of my intros, uh, I will be introducing you to the lovely Rose. Hi, I'm Rosie. I'm playing Elon, the guard captain from the city of Kriath. And I got my hair cut. I lost my pixie. We have a horseman. Uh, things are crazy. Things are crazy indeed. And now we move on from our changing guard captain to the dad of the party, Damien. Hello, everybody. I'm Jeremy, and I play the lovable dad, Damien. And Damien is just a simple man, a blacksmith. Not so simple anymore as he used to be, at least. Definitely not as simple as he used to be, because now he's gotten himself mixed up with gods, and things have gotten complicated. Speaking of complicated, uh, let's introduce our new horse friend of the party and his player, Tyler. Hello. I'm Tyler. I am playing the affable Karawan Mangopop. And uh, new to the party and new to this game, but I'm eager to, you know, play more and learn more about this world and the crazy adventures that are, you know, coming about. Though I think at this time I am one of the craziest things uh, that many of the people are seeing. So, giddy up and let's be along for the ride. <laughs> Amazing. But yes, Carowin is definitely a crazy addition to this world and this uh, party. But speaking of crazy, let's introduce our final player of the evening. I'm talking about the character, not the player. No, no, no. I know you're talking about the character. I'm still offended for her. Fair enough. Uh, hi, I am... Hi, Akia. I'm here playing Chatwin Darcy, Reborn Sorcerer. 100% mentally sound and stable. Nothing totally here. Totally, totally good. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, moving on to our recap. Last time, as was mentioned, uh, the new to the party, Carowin, was introduced after our players experienced a month of downtime in a tiny little town uh, in the middle of the Howling Dunes, hiding out from being wanted fugitives. They all had their own little adventures that led them to little things like Damien owning his own little blacksmithing store, Elon doing a lot of odd jobs around town, and Chatwin, under an alias, uh, getting into the political game a little bit. But as their month came to an end, they found a strange horseman entering the <laughs> entering the town by the name of Carowin, who, after getting into it with some ruder individuals who were stopping by Damien's store, those individuals then went on to to bully an old man who Elon was helping. And Elon has decided that he's no longer dealing with that shit. So he just walked up to the leader, punched him in the face, and a fight ensued. 
that did not end well for the bullies in any sense. I think it ended pretty well, though. (laughs) I mean, they all got knocked unconscious, and then the other one had to essentially leave with his tail between his legs. But Carowin, then, after the fighting had ended, uh, revealed that he was sent there by none other than Aliana to find them, equipped with little drawings and everything. Party was very suspicious. And then Elon made it a bit worse by admitting to Chatwin that Aliana was not the only one that he gave up during that uh, <laughs> during that interaction with the guard. <laughs> and that Ilya might also be in danger. So we come back to the party, still standing in front of the bar, from what I remember. Nobody really moved. Or did you go back to Damien's store? We went to his store. Okay, so you stand in the blacksmith shop, still sort of figuring out what your next move is. So as you all stand around the checkout desk, red counter, is there anyone who had any particular ideas of where you wanted to go? Damien's going to look at everybody and just be like, well, if we're looking at heading out soon, there are a couple places that I need to go. But that also depends on the circumstances under which we can actually go there. What kind of circumstances? Uh, You know how I've been acting a wee bit different? The magic? A little bit easier to get angry and a lot easier, a lot easier in a fight. Okay. So back whenever we all almost died, uh, I did the Thaelthu thing and reached out hoping a god would help me and one did. But I was also requested to go to Rubo's home to converse with him. I would also like to try and find out where Rubo was taken to. No, yeah, I think that's absolutely something we should get done. Uh, Just getting Rubo back or making sure he's okay is definitely should be at the top of our list, you know? I I agree. My only other concern is um, we can't just drag my family with us wherever we go. It's it's something if it's easier to just maybe disguise just myself or to make sure just myself isn't seen because they're looking for my family. But it's a lot harder to keep track of them and then myself and then also you two. I just don't know where we could leave them safely. Well, so... I I sent a request to my son to ask about possibly being able to get them a place to stay. I have not gotten a response back yet. Okay, so they're just going to stay with us until then? I mean, what about your daughter, Damien? Doesn't she have her own ship? Uh, she travels a lot, yeah. I don't know if she has her own ship. I don't remember her telling me that. The ship that I'm, I was on before I met all of you was one that she recommended to me. We could send them to Kriath, uh, but they'll be in the lower quarters, basically what you would kind of call the slums. But I mean, no one will really out them. Right, if it means less people will pay attention to them. I can send a letter and see what I can do. Okay, so... We have Damien's son. We have a small place in Korea. And I have a list of people that were my grandfather's allies that I know cannot be trusted. And the others on that list, uh, I'm still unsure about, but I know at least they didn't immediately betray us. So just mentioning the ship did get me thinking. 
me and my family, obviously, we all lived on an island. They're the same as me. We all know sailing. We all know how to sail. We all know how to pull our weights around um, vessels of the sea. So I did have a thought that maybe we could just stick them on a ship somewhere and they can they can provide for themselves easily. And if they're on a ship, they can just sort of sail around the waters and just not stay in one place and, you know, just sort of be on the low. And there's not as many, you know, law officials patrolling the sea as there's the land, I would say. It could send them to the sparkling grove for a, a vacation. A <laughs> uh, bunch of people did get eaten alive there. I mean, we did clear it. That's true. Or, well, y'all cleared it. But yes, those are, it sounds like those are sort of our best options that we have at the moment, but none of them can happen immediately, correct? So I suppose they're staying with us until one of those options becomes available then. Me and Damien can write letters. If that works for you, we'll get those sent out. Do you think they'll be okay here for a little while, while we, uh, I don't know, do a little bit of investigating about Rubo, come back? And maybe get them the boat they need to either go somewhere or a ride somewhere. And things are a little bit more concrete. Does that work? I mean, I think I would like to speak to them. I'll get all of their thoughts as well. See how they're feeling. See if they have any ideas or if they have anywhere that they want to go. Um, or that somewhere that they think would be suitable. But are you thinking that they stay here until we know where to send them? A bit more long term, uh, or they stay with us until we find somewhere to send them long term. I was saying maybe we do an investigation with about Rubo. And that's just short term. Okay. Unless it turns into long term, then we send a letter back to them and or money and tell them, you know, this is the idea we had for you or whatever idea you've discussed with your family. Talk with talk with them. Right. I think that's first step. I will send a letter to my friend in, in Kriath just in case and see if there's anything while you're doing that. Yeah, that's, yeah let's start with that and just see what comes up. Uh, see you all back here in a bit? Yep, see you in a bit. Uh, yeah. All right. So everyone's splitting up. Chatwin, obviously you're going home. So we'll cut away from that for a moment. Is anyone else doing anything pressing? Uh, Damon's going to finish fixing up those knives. Alrighty. Uh, go ahead and roll me a quick crafting check, sir. That is a 16. Okay, that's not too bad. You get them finished pretty quickly. Definitely not, like, your absolute best work, but they're pretty good if you say so yourself. Carwin's actually going to make his way out of the little uh, pop-up shop, and he's actually going to go into the bar where those ruffians had kind of retreated to. He'll just kind of call out and say that he'll be right back, or be back in a jiffy with his usual, at least at this point, <laughs> usual vim and vigor and uh, gusto and tr- literally, literally trot off into the bar. Alright. As he has a little bit of business to take care of. Okay. You head off towards the bar, and uh, you do have to duck a bit to get in through the doorway, but you squeeze in through this human-sized door and are greeted with quite a few eyes kind of darting to you as you squeeze into the, the bar here in the local town. And the bartender, this uh, gruff older man with like a black mustache and a graying beard that he keeps pretty well trimmed, kind of looks up at you and goes, um, Kit, can I help you? 
Carowind's just kind of gazing around the room until his eyes fall on the group that they so soundly trounced earlier before, whoever remains of it, actually. And he'll kind of crane his upper half down towards the man and like, Why, yes, those people over there, what are they having? Oh, well, I just there. And it's really just the one that's still up. The other two, he sort of placed into chairs to recover, but they're still unconscious at this point, kind of, like, recovering over in the corner. Well, the one gentleman's having an ale, the other two are having a sleep. Wonderful. Can I get two of those, please? And he will place, I guess I'm not, he's not too familiar, I think, with how currency works exactly so in this case he's going to kind of possibly overpay a smidge he's going to give uh one gold and just be like and keep the change yeah the the bartender like he would have opened his mouth as you put the gold coin down but at the moment you say keep the change you kind of just like his eyebrows raise and he kind of shrugs takes the gold he's like thank you kindly puts down two big mugs Fills them with ale and pushes them towards you. There you go. Enjoy. Karen will nod and snort a little bit and kind of pick up the mugs and try and shimmy his way over to uh, the <laughs> the lone-ish rogue that remains. Uh, maybe bumping a few tables with his <laughs> lower half here and there, trying to avoid uh, bumping one. Kind of lightly nudges a few of the patrons a little bit more into some of their chairs or stools, uh, kind of apologizing until he makes his way over to the table with our friendly neighborhood folk, where he will kind of plop one of the mugs of ale down in front of the person, and he'll kind of just be, he'll move over to the other side, and he'll remain standing because it's not really enough space for him to really sit and figure out how that's going to work exactly. And he'll put the other one down there and just kind of beam at this other person, just all smiles. As you sort of place that ale down, you were not sneaky at all. He knew you were coming. I'm, I'm essentially picturing the very definition of bull in a china shop, only it becomes centaur in a tavern. <laughs> just like bumping tables and chairs and people all throughout a bunch of like oh watch it and like people getting drinks spilled on them and staring daggers at you like you you've got a pretty unhappy crowd following you as you pop yourself down in front of this roguish fellow that you just beat the shit out of essentially with some friends and he's gonna kind of look up at you and just be like i thought this was taken care of outside Carowin will still smile and he'll say, Oh yes, your issue with those people? That's been well resolved. However, we have a different matter to deal with. That bobble there on your... And he'll kind of point to whatever the uh, rogue is wearing, whether it be like a little cloak or lapel at some point. On my tunic. Yes, that. Where did you get that? I'm awfully curious. Well, I happen to be good at playing cards. Won it in a game. Dude didn't have any money left taking all that too mm. oh yes that's right you were telling me that you are very fond of games i have one that we can play if i win i get that if you win you get something on my person that you might be eyeing and he kind of looks you up and down that bow looks pretty fancy he'll take his bow out of the his little haversack kind of thing on his back. 
that and he'll place it, you know, gently on the table in front of him. What's the game? Carolyn will kind of furrow his brows and think for a moment. And he ponders and he's like, you know what? Rochambeau. Have you heard of it before? Can't say I have. Oh, fantastic. I love teaching people new things. And he will kind of excitedly shimmy and or shift over and he'll kind of go and he'll look at the person. Okay, so this is how you play. And he'll be able to, he'll start explaining the rules. And essentially it's rock, paper, scissors. So he'll explain, you know, rock beats paper, paper beats rock, sorry, rock beats scissors, scissors beats paper, paper beats rock. I can help with the game myself. We can edit that out. <laughs> no, we won't. <laughs> He'll, uh, uh, he will ask the rogue if he needs any practice rounds or if the game seems simple enough and he'll know how to just, he's good to play. Seems simple enough to me. And he'll hold his hands out. Okay. And, all right. Best two out of three? Yes. Alrighty. And with that, uh, we're just going to do straight D20 rules for this for luck checks. Okay. So, round one. Nat 20. Oh, damn. And he got a 17, too. (laughs) (laughs) And you see him confidently as you do the rock, paper, scissors shoot. He very confidently puts out scissors. And you very confidently hold out rock right at the same time. And he kind of just, like, frowns. Okay, begin his luck. (laughs) Let's go again. Three. Eleven. Oof. This time you decide to go with the tried and true, and he beats you with paper. Tiebreaker round. That's an 18 for him. Seven. And this time as you decide to go with paper, the scissors come out again, and he kind of smiles and goes, picks up the bow. It's a pretty, pretty nice looking weapon you got here. Well, I guess it's mine now. And Carolyn will perhaps oddly all smiles. He'll clap his hands, like congratulating the rogue for winning the game of chance. And um, he will look at the the rogue who, you know, he's he's assuming this rogue, you know, is quite a gambler and likes to, he likes to win. So he will propose that he and the rogue play another game for another prize. What sort of prize are you thinking of this time? Got anything else valuable for me to take off your hands? He is going to, you know, smile a bit and he will kind of just gesture to himself and he'll be like, clearly I'm not from around here. And clearly. And he'll kind of like do a weird kind of whinny laugh uh, that I am not about to attempt right now. <laughs> but a bit of a whinny laugh. And he'll say, you know, like, there's plenty. I have plenty that is that I would think is of value to you folk. Just kind of gesturing to himself. And he'll ask if just kind of like he's being a little bit vague about it. But like, you know, in his mind, he's thinking, you know, maybe a lock of centaur hair or centaur nail or something that is of his person that may have greater value because it's not something you'd necessarily readily get or be offered. (laughs) And he looks again, sort of, and just goes, oh, she got a new coin purse. He'll take out his coin purse and just kind of jingle it around and. I'm not quite sure, but they're awfully shiny. 
And you see his eyebrows kind of raise and his smirk grow wider into like a full-on smile. Well, maybe that would be worth taking off your hands. What game you got in mind this time? Well. And did you still want the same thing? Or For the time being, yes. It interests me greatly. It's very shiny. Hmm. All right. What's the game? Well, and he'll say, gesturing at the uh, bow in front of him, how about a friendly competition? You've won something quite nice and valuable. What better way to test it out than with a shooting competition? All right. What are we shooting? And he'll pick up the bow, sort of twirl it in his hands. He is going to look around and he'll see some, you know, fruit on the... Uh, like in a bowl somewhere in either on one of the tables or something. And he'll kind of like shimmy over, maybe bumping a few other patrons and uh, grab it. And he'll say, you know, he'll just kind of gesture and like indicate that, you know, they'll shoot these fruits from, you know, various distances away to see who's the better shot. All right. And drowning out the complaints of the table that you just swiped this bowl of fruit from. Uh, the bartender kind of coming over and being like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'll get you another one. Um, as they all kind of stare at you as you set up this fruit shooting competition, the rogue nods, stands up, is like, I suppose we'll have to pass the bow back and forth since you don't have one anymore. Fair enough, yes. And with that, I'll say kind of similarly, it's a best of three competition. You set the fruits at three different distances, one at a nearby table, one at the bar itself, and then another on like a shelf in the back where you kind of move a couple potted plants off the out of the way that were there for decoration. Hold on, hold on. They're doing this inside. It didn't move outside. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Carolyn's not sure of what the protocol is. And you see now that a a few people are getting up to leave. Like the bartender is not looking happy at all, but the the rogue shoot like shoots him a look and he just kind of backs off and hides behind the bar essentially. <laughs> As he'll go ahead and he'll take the first shot on the first set of fruit. So I'll have different ACs for all three of those for the shots here. Okay. And you see the first one isn't too far away. He doesn't seem super used to the bow yet. So the shot's not great. It hits like the bottom of one of the pieces of fruit, but it hits it. And we're doing just d20s? Yes. Uh, They're basically attack rolls. So go ahead and make an attack roll with your, with the bow. Okay. Got it. Uh, So that's a 15. 15 will hit. And you find a much easier shot than he did into the first fruit. And he kind of nods. Nice, nice. Second fruit. Again, he seems a bit unwieldy with this bow and not at all as great at shooting it as he thought he was. And once again, the the shot is off center, but does make it. So I got a 14 that time. And you also make it as the bartender is hiding behind the bar, sort of like peeking out over it, trying to make sure he doesn't get shot as we move towards the final fruit. And that one, he actually, again, you see he's kind of getting frustrated now. He is definitely not taking great shots with this weapon. And he sort of fumbles, kind of takes a breath, 
And the moment he lets it go, it sort of dips down a lot, a bit further than he had intended. And instead of hitting the fruit on the shelf, it hits the wall under the shelf. Nat 20. Damn, that's two tonight. <laughs> Skewers three fruits on one single. <laughs> well, not necessarily three, but you do definitely. You, just for show, knowing that he's lost at this point, managed to very easily skewer both fruits on that shelf at the same time. And he kind of just shakes his head and is like, well, guess I didn't need it that bad after all. And he hands you the bow back along with the pin. Carolyn will nod and he will kind of be like, thank you, friend. I appreciate your sportsman-like attitude. And as an additional prize, I have something for you. And he'll dip into his little coin purse and he'll take out, yes, three gold. Uh And he'll plink it into the rogue's hand. And he'll kind of shrug, pocket it. Pleasure doing business with you. Likewise. Be like, I'd say... It'd be good to see you again, but it really wouldn't. Yes, let's hope we never meet one another again. And he'll, you know, jauntily trot out of the uh, establishment, you know, (laughs) bumping whoever might be left. There really isn't anybody left at this point, except for the upset bartender. (laughs) But yeah, you, you leave the tavern. Although you do see a few people waiting outside, and then as soon as you emerge, sort of flood back in. And... As Carowin descends upon the streets once more, a new pin uh, in his possession, we move to, let's move to Chatwin first, and then we'll see what Damien's up to. So Chatwin, I take it you're heading home? Uh, yeah. I'm just going straight back. I'm taking my groceries with me that I never dropped off. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty. And you open the door and you see, as usual, like, the house is full of full of people since most of your family's been sort of hiding out the whole time. Uh, But it's buzzing. It's midday. Yeah, I just open the door, close it behind me. Okay, I think I got everything that was requested. Um, Yeah, okay. I just go and set it on the table. Dad, could you just take a look, make sure everything's there? I can run out again if need to. Of of course, I'm sure. Darling, you've gotten the grocery list right the past like four times. Right. I, just... I don't think it's changed too much. And he starts unpacking things. Right. And... Is everyone else here? I do need to speak with everybody about just moving forward. And your grandfather, who's kind of been reading in like the little sitting area that you guys have set up, kind of looks up from his book, puts it down and just goes, well, I suppose we could gather everyone and he sort of picks himself up and goes and gathers the rest of the the kids and everybody and soon the Darcy family is packed into the kitchen yeah I just kind of boost myself up and just fully sit on the table uh (laughs) okay so we can't unfortunately stay here forever which I doubt all of you want to stay here forever the question is just where you are all going from here If I hadn't made it clear, I unfortunately will not be staying with you all right now, at least. There's there's still things to be taken care of. And since the main target of 
Thane's wrath seems to be placed upon my head because of just encounters in the past. Um, I believe you would probably also just be safer if I made my presence known elsewhere to draw attention away. So the question is just where can you all stay in a more long-term scenario until Thane is taken down and the Andrisail is restored? That's sort of the question we're grappling with right now. The options that we have in front of us are, I've come up with three ideas so far. Damien suggested that if his son is willing and capable, that you all go find housing in his area and sort of stay near him and we can have communication that way. I'll be honest, I don't recall where exactly it is, (laughs) Um, where Damien's son is currently living, but that's an option. Another option is maybe not going to be any of your favorites, and that is going to Kriath. Now, I'm sure that you can all adjust, because obviously none of you will be living in a home quite like what we are used to on the Isle. The only person they would probably like there is you, Grandfather, and you, Mother, the rest of us, probably not. So... But that's another option. Last option is maybe we just find a ship that we can uh, purchase and you all just sort of live on a ship traveling the ocean for a while, not staying in one place, staying as low profile as possible and just sort of live out your days out on the water until it's safe to come back to the land. That's basically what we've come up with so far. Um, If any of you have any further ideas, have any further thoughts, anything to add on. And everyone sort of takes some like a pause sort of processing what you had said thinking about it looking back and forth between each other and finally your mother kind of looks at you and just goes chatvin we've we've talked about the options and um we do have a few in in mind okay as well the ship does not sound like an awful idea that would be doable for us your grandfather also has allies in the south that i've met are good, would be able to house us for a time and keep us protected. Mm-hmm. We weren't sure what you were planning with your friends, but we had planned once things died down, we could move without causing too much fuss. That same, that may be the direction we head. Uh, right, right, of course. Um, if, if I'm being completely honest with you all, mainly what I'm looking at are options that are just safety and security above everything. I know there are some options out there that means you wouldn't be living comfortably or anything like that for a while, but if it means nobody's going to give you all a second look or Thane's not even going to think to look there, so that's sort of the direction I'm going in. I did, when we first got here, as you all know, I contacted some of Grandfather's allies. So we do have the ones on the list that we know betrayed us immediately. So we do still have options from that list, like you said, of Grandfather's allies that are more likely to be trusted. So that is another option if you all think that that could be suitable. And your grandfather sort of pipes up and just goes, this lord is someone that I've known for quite a long time. I... I know he was on the list of one of the people that you contacted and proved himself, from what I understand. And he kind of, like, puts a hand on your shoulder. Chatelain, I've been in this game far longer than you've even been alive. I am no fool. If I sense something is wrong, we will leave, whether we have comfortable means of 
staying or not. I understand that. And just please understand, it's I'm confident in your abilities and your intuition. I just do feel obligated to point out the reason I was sent to apprentice with Donovan Thane was because he was someone that we thought was a trusted ally that would take care of me, and he killed me. This is fair. And that is not a mistake I will ever make again. I just don't want to put any of you in the same situation. And they nod, and your father kind of pipes up for a moment and just goes, Chatwin, there is a point where becoming too cautious can be more deadly. If we act like no one is trustworthy, then we could put ourselves in even more dangerous situations. We've put ourselves in quite a dangerous situation staying in a town full of criminals, to be quite frank. If any of them recognized your grandfather and thought that they'd have a very sizable bounty for turning him in. Yeah, well, I... It sounds like we know what all of our options are, so there is business that Damien needs to attend to, and I need to help. So there will be a short period of time, if you are all okay with it, that you will all be staying here while I leave to help Damien with his business, and ideally help our friends uh, Rubo, that none of you, unfortunately, were able to meet. Did you find out if he's still alive? That's what we're hoping to do. We're hoping to find out if he's still alive, where he is, what his condition is. Really, we we don't know anything. We haven't learned anything in this past month about him. All we know is that just Thane made him disappear like that, so... And if Thane has had him for a month? Yep, that is what I've been thinking about quite a lot. We're just going to see what we can do. But of course. if you're all okay staying here in town, uh, we shouldn't be gone too long. And you can all um, discuss it amongst yourselves if you come up with any other options, if you come up with any other solutions. Um, obviously, we can talk about it more when I return. Uh, but by then, we probably will have to make a decision on where you're going. Because there's, um, there's much work to be done, unfortunately. And I can't do what needs to be done while staying here. And we understand. Your path has become quite different than that of the traditional Darcy. Yeah. But we support you, and we will discuss the exact plan while you're gone, and we'll reconvene on it. How does that sound? Sounds good. Sounds like the the best we can manage right now. Of course. Now, if your friend's son was going to be more of an option, I would say find out where he is first. So that we know where we would be going in that case. Right, right. Of course, that would probably be a good idea. Uh, so that we can make an informed decision? <laughs> yes, yes. I will gather all information possible for every single avenue that we may explore and present it all to you, compiled, once we are returning from our trip and you can all make an informed decision from there. Okay. Of course. Now, it sounds like your mother is going to make a fantastic dinner. Let me tell you about this thing I've been reading. And he goes, as your grandfather stands up and goes to get (laughs) the book that he had set down when you called the family meeting, we will cut over to Damien. Damien, is there anything in particular you're doing right at this moment? He was finishing up those knives and then he was going to just take them in there and be like, well, here's your three knives, I promised you. Pay up. And he kind of just sighs, sets down the ale. How much was it again? Three silver. He takes out the three silver. Yep. Damien will take it, nod, and head on out. Alrighty. And as everyone sort of heads out, where are you all reconvening? They were going to meet back at my shop that I knew of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I'm going. All right. 
Uh, Emma. Mm-hmm. It, just for details, Elon is just sending a letter to Esme asking just to be prepared in case a family wants to move there. They're half elven mostly. Oh right, I'm I'm sorry. We didn't get to Elon. <laughs> uh, that's that's all. Literally, that was going to happen. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, you would be able to send the letter with no problem. Yeah, other than that, I, like, probably go back to helping an old man. Okay. Yeah, you would be able to help him get the rest of his stuff. No problem. But yeah, you guys all reconvened at the store. It's starting to become, like, later in the evening. Not quite sunset yet, but... Yeah, Damien start packing up all his shit. Getting ready to close down his little shop. So, are we thinking that we're going to head out to, um... Damien, you said we needed to go where Rubo is from. I said I needed to go there to speak with um, the god that I'm serving. Right, right. But that is not the number one priority. I'd like to try and find out where Rubo is being held, if at all possible. Right. Well, I don't know how we're going to figure that out besides finding it out direct from Thane himself or people that follow him and I don't know how we manage that. So I'm I mean if you want to go talk to this god, why not? I'm kind of a little bit interested in why Rubo was collecting the the fairy's house and all that other stuff and like the sword I was given. So if we go to the area, we can at least start through there, maybe get word to, I don't know, someone just to say, hey, keep an eye out. It wouldn't hurt. Yeah. All right. All right it, it's not a particularly long trek from here. Then why don't we go do that for a few days and see what we can find? Yeah. I'm not wrong in that, right? It's not. It's not very far from where we currently are. No, it would be, I mean, it's a distance. So for reference as far as like where everything is, like obviously uh, the viewers don't necessarily have the map. But as far as the map is concerned, you guys are closer to the Foxgrove Oasis, which is at the center of the Howling Dunes. Sea Reach is up more towards the northern peninsula of the Howling Dunes. Uh, it's that other big city within it. Okay. So it would probably for you guys be, depending on how you're traveling, you guys didn't even bother with the horses trying to escape no. from what I understand. Oh, no, right? no, we were, we tried to get out of the town. Yeah. So you guys no longer have horses and a cart. It would probably take you a full day of walking to get there. Yeah, that's not bad at all. I mean, Carolyn can carry a couple people. <laughs> I mean, we can't talk to our we can't talk to our horses anymore. So that's the problem. We have half horse. <laughs> well, that's that's about all we got. Close enough. <laughs> Close half enough. horse. Oh man. <laughs> Damien looks over at Carolyn and is like. How do you feel about saddlebags? Is that inappropriate? I'll kind of chuckle a little bit. (laughs) Sorry. It's a a fashion choice, that's for sure. (laughs) It's just like a backpack, really, for him. You know? Tyler's face in that moment, just, I don't know how to react to this. (laughs) (laughs) It's 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 just a backpack, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, he'll kind of gesture to the pack that he's already wearing. He's like, I have plenty of room. 
Where are we going, by the way? <laughs> you know. I just got here. So I just <clears throat> returned, and you all were huddled together like a little scrabbling of people, and I'm curious as to what's happening. Oh, so, currently, we're planning, we need to head northeast a bit. Go to a, uh, a place one of our friends was from, Rubo. I'm kind of going to talk to a god. Maybe he'll be able to help me figure out how to get Rubo out where he's at. Ooh. And he said he needed to talk to me rather importantly. Um, but I asked about the saddlebag thing. Uh, partially as a joke, but I mean, if you're fine with it, I could definitely have somebody carry some smith and get around. Well, I'm here to help, friend, and I'd be more than happy to make use of my ample gestures to his horse half self. You're adding your adequate rear. <laughs> yes. Sure, Damien. All right. <laughs> well, I have one more important question, then. When do we want to leave? In the morning? Yeah, tomorrow morning. Why not? Yeah, I'll finish packing up. It's, I'm in a little shoddy shop, so it's not much of a problem. And I was speaking to my family. They need a few days to discuss and figure out what they want to do, where they want to go. Anyways, so. That's good. I'm ready to leave whenever you are. I travel light. If that's the case, then I'm going to skip dinner. I'll be back in a bit. And Alan's going to get up and leave. All right. And the four of you are left to your devices. Or the three of you, sorry. Carwin's going to help Damien, uh, I guess, pack up some things while he's waiting, I guess. Yeah, Damien's going to pack up and then kind of like lay out a little bedroll in like the back of the shop that he has. He's just like, I'm going to rest here, pack up the rest in the morning. You're welcome to stay. Carolyn's going to turn to Chatwin and just kind of inquire as to what her plans are. If she'll be staying with them or she'll be going back to her family or what have you. Um, I think I'm just going to, let's see. I think I've just about burned all my bridges here. I was just going to leave my bling without a word but should i like do a proper like hey i'm leaving you forever or should i i think i'll just leave without a word who cares <laughs> um yeah i think i've pretty much tied up all my loose ends here i'll go and stay with my family hey you know so damien just quick question the god which god was it again that we're going to speak to jeremy got up to get a drink but it's Odirian. Odirian. Owen just kind of thinks for a second and just is like staring off into space and then goes, I feel like Odirian and I feel like the gods are kind of bullshit assholes because they're gods and they can talk to you whenever. So why the fuck are we schlepping all across the Howling Dunes to go speak to this one asshole in a different place when he could speak to us here? I don't know. Strike me with lightning if you want, motherfucker. I'm tired. <laughs> I just walk out. I'm gonna go home. <laughs> With that, he's gonna turn to Damien, who I guess is resting. Like, I like her. I want to speak to her more. She sounds like a delight. And he's gonna <clears throat> trot off after her and just be like, that's the spirit. Yes. I love the enthusiasm. Echoing from down the street. Why are you following me? You're like up here. You need to be down here. <laughs> Echoing down the street, just quiet bickering, mostly coming from Jatwin. All coming from Jatwin. <laughs> he'll and he'll be trying to like you know appease whatever her complaints are. Like you're trotting too too loudly, so he'll try and trot a little bit more quietly. You're trotting too slowly. I'll try and speed up a little. Bit. 
you're, you're too high up. I'll try and crouch down despite maybe the discomfort. So you'll just see this horseman kind of doing these strange kind of acrobatics in the street, you know, to this, uh, I would say perhaps substantially shorter by comparison person who just seems to be like turning around, yelling and complaining <laughs> all the way just down. Just being an asshole. <laughs> General asshole behavior as we go back to my house. <laughs> Is this what marriage is like? I think this is what marriage is like. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Alternate plane hubby coming out of nowhere, the horse of your dreams. Oh god. <laughs> so I got an important question just really quick. When you spoon, is it the horse half you spoon with or is it the man's part you spoon with? <laughs> Why is this even a conversation we're having? It's that meme, isn't it? It needs to be had, Emma. I don't know, Elon. You're gonna have to, you know, get a little closer to Carowind. Find out for yourself, I guess. Okay, yeah, we're, we're yeah, okay. <laughs> Rubo's gone. You maybe you, I don't know. Everyone in the party is gonna be trying to spoon with Carowind just to see what it's like. <laughs> I mean, I mean, technically, Elon has figured tried to figure out how to spoon with a pixie, and it doesn't happen. <laughs> just camping for the night. All four of us are just a cuddle puddle. <laughs> Everyone's laying on like the centaur, like the horse body, just like as a pillow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when he dies, we can cut him open and crawl inside to stay warm. Jesus Christ! <laughs> That's a Star Wars reference. <laughs> yeah, but jeez. All right, that was our topic of conversation, and that was a left turn. Uh... <laughs> okay, so I I see Alon doesn't want Carowin around. Got it. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Okay, good Good to know. Oh, All right, Elon, I see you. Jeez. <laughs> I'm <gonna> t- <laughs> yeah, you see me, you're way up there. I'm going to tell on you to Aliana. Oh, bitch. <laughs> Anyways, Carowin, yeah, you, you follow Chatwin home, essentially. <laughs> Unless Chatwin stops you before then. Honestly, at this point, Chatwin could give a shit. <laughs> I just accepted, yeah, this is what life is like right now. Fucking whatever. <laughs> magical shit <laughs> and Chatwin as you duck back in inside your house Carolyn are you following yeah he's gonna he's gonna, <laughs> gonna crouch on inside and come on in Carolyn Carolyn I think the door frame is a little okay shit <laughs> he's like knocking things off of shelves <laughs> mm-hmm. the bread that you just bought at the grocery store on the floor no uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and as he sort of bumbles his way into the home, your father and your grandfather, who were playing cards at the table after dinner, kind of just look up and stare as this horseman enters your home. And just <laughs> your grandfather goes, Chatvin, do, do you mind introducing your new friend? <laughs> Followed me home, honestly. Uh, um, so... <laughs> Truly, just fu- just wandered into our home. So, um, I just—I'm sorry. I'm just picturing, you know, those videos of like people driving through like a wildlife reserve or something, and they like roll the windows down to like feed some of the animals, and like it's like a fucking giraffe or something just trying to stick its whole head into the car, and everyone's like screaming, and there's stuff flying everywhere, and the giraffe is like eating all their snacks. Honestly, that's the image I have. Head right now for this moment. <laughs> That's entirely valid. 
<laughs> That's entirely valid. Canon, Carowin coming into your carriage, eating all your snacks. <laughs> Carowin sticking his human torso in through the carriage window, just just horking all your snacks. Just <laughs> it's canon. You have to hand feed them as well. <laughs> <laughs> like you want a wild animal put some like snacks in your hands hold it out and Carolyn just Carolyn just puts face in your hand <laughs> he eats like a horse too where his lips come out <laughs> his lips come- Gia this better be your next sketch this better be the next sketch I see on Instagram <laughs> we're like stop the camp for the night and like making some food and making some dinner and Chowin's like Carol are you hungry here you go like try to stand on a piece of bread or some shit and he's like oh thanks <laughs> just out of her hands like Carolyn you have human arms like what are you then he just then he looks at you and goes <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the, uh, whoever listens to this this is your warning that you're going to get far many horse jokes from us later on oh god what have I signed up for <laughs> welcome to Kriath chaos chaos is what you signed up for Tyler Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I go ahead and introduce Carolyn, and with my luck, my mom turns the corridor and invites him to stay for dinner. <laughs> she she absolutely would. <laughs> the family admits that they already had dinner, but they offer they offer you some dinner, Carolyn. And Carolyn heartily takes up that offer as he is famished. You know, he's got to keep up his strength. You know, mm-hmm. and. Chatwin's mother will happily serve you leftovers from their recently eaten meal that she had packed away. And her father and grandfather will invite you to play cards with them. And Carowin will happily oblige. You know, he'll be looking at that. And they're half-elves, correct? From what I've heard seconds ago? Dad is human. Grandpa and mom are high-elves. Chatwin and the three siblings are half-elves. Okay. <clears throat> so then, you know, okay, got it. So yeah, I will happily, you know, join in their in their game and, you know, join in the revelry. And he'll just kind of call it to chat when wherever she maybe has tried to sequester herself because she, you know, always seems to be the life of the party. You know. Uh, like, just scowling like, in the corner. <laughs> chat with your family is fantastic. Come join us in this merriment. I narrow my eyes a little bit and I go and I try to sweep the floor. <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna go join the gambling just so I can try to destroy Carolyn. <laughs> fantastic. And as you kind of uh get up to join him, you hear a voice sort of creep into the back of your head and be like, I saw you did not trust this horseman, and now you're allowing him to stay in your home? Picking up my cards and just sort of, one moment, fully just turn around and just put a hand over my mouth, making it super obvious, like, I'm whispering a secret, but there's nobody I'm whispering it to. <laughs> fully just turn around and cover myself and just go like, Look, at this point, if he was, if he's gonna try anything, he's in a house full of like magic users and and like people trained in martial combat. We're gonna, we're gonna just 
kill the fuck out of him if he tries anything at this point. I'm, I'm over it. I'm, I, I've reached the point of not, of not caring. I just do not give a fuck about anything, but give a fuck about everything at the same time. I am in my personal hell, Sandvek. Okay, now let me kick his ass in cards. <laughs> Fine. Also, play this pairing. It may not seem right now, but it will get you more points later on so you can kick his ass. Fuck yeah. Okay. <laughs> I turn, turn back to the table like nothing happened. <laughs> and Santavec literally spends the entire night coaching you in your cards. Such an unfair advantage. <laughs> like, I'm literally two people playing <laughs> cards and one of them is freaking ancient <laughs> and just knows mm-hmm. things. Like, She's played a lot of card games. Like, I just have an expert poker player, like, as a partner, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. And as we fade away from this merry scene, Elon, where are you headed off to? I was going to look for a church of some kind, I guess, like a temple or a very secluded spot out of town. They wouldn't really have much of a church or anything in this town. It, it's a town full of criminals. Yeah. They're not very religious, but you would be able to find like a little, there's like a little park area on the southern side of the town uh, that's pretty sequestered where a lot of the folks that aren't criminals usually go to think or relax. Okay, that's that would be fine. I would make my way there. And I'm going to kind of make sure it's empty. If I need to wait a little bit longer, I will. But afterwards, I am kind of going to, I don't know, face the moon or or a prominent star. And I'm just kind of going to pray in a weird way. Like, not on my hands and knees or anything, but I'm just going to be like sitting there and just like close my eyes and reach out and just like face run. I really, really need to talk. I really need help with everything that's going on. I really want to know. I would like to hear it from you. Are we still doing what we're supposed to? Because this is beginning to be very crazy. I feel like I lost all trust that Aliana ever had in me. And I just want to know, maybe I'm not, maybe turning a little crazy, maybe in hoping that chat one isn't rubbing off on me. So if you can hear me, at least, you know, come say hi, give me a sign. Um, I just want to know that us doing this is going to be okay. Because Thelthu and Rubo are gone, and so is Aliana. And now we have this Carowin guy. And things are... I I did not imagine me cutting off my hair or doing any of this, so... Is this still what we're supposed to do? Because I feel like we are fucking it the hell up. And he's just gonna sit there quietly for a while after that, and if he doesn't get a reply, it's fine. That's just his way of, like, dealing with it. Roll a religion check. Oh, fuck. Alright. Religion... I don't have any modifier on it, so it's just straight D20. Not great. A 12. A 12? Mm-hmm. You sit in silence for a while in that little park, and it, it feels pretty peaceful, but as the sun begins to set, you still have not received a response. He's probably going to stay out there 
for a long time. I, I mean, I would say that even after the sun has set and stuff, that he's he's like, oh, I'm not going to get a response. He just still sits out there until late at night. Then he's going to get up and leave. All right. And as the darkness of night takes over and we find everyone, Elon heading back to wherever he plans to spend the night, Damien finishing up the final touches of packing up his shop, uh, is there anything else you needed to do, Damien? Or was that all you were going to do for your night? No, Damien was going to pack up and then he was going to put a bedroll down in the back of his shop and sleep to finish packing in the morning. Right. Bright and early. Perfect. And then as Chatwin and Carowin get to know each other over a game of cards with Chatwin's entire family present, I believe that's where we're going to end it for this evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed, please be sure to follow us on social media. We are Chronicles of Kriath Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. All one word, all lowercase. We appreciate you listening so much. And We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.